We're going? We're live. Well, good morning, everybody. My name is Nathan Mitchell, and I am the Community Outreach and Advocacy Coordinator at the McShane Recovery Resource Foundation. I'm also a person in sustained recovery from a substance use disorder. And what that means to me is that every day I have an opportunity to become a more acceptable, responsible, and productive member of society. Today, as I come to you from the Communications Nerve Center of the Shin Foundation, <laughs> I have two uh, quality recovery individuals here with me um, to share our experience, strength, and hope. For those, um, for, for those of you, you know, who just maybe stuck at home or just want to kick it, Absolutely. listen to some, uh, some ramblings from a couple guys from New Jersey and a guy from Virginia. We like him. Um, <laughs> but uh, again, I'm Nathan. Let me introduce to you over here, Frankie Boy. Yeah, I'm Frank Bellinger. Uh, I'm the program coordinator for Pamunkey Regional Jail here at the McShin Foundation. Uh, also a person in sustained recovery from substance use disorder. Um, and, and, you know, it allows me to be a husband, a father, uh, have a community, uh, be my son's soccer coach. And, and, and you know, it's been a, an amazing journey. Uh, over the past year um, just to go from uh, absolute um, horror and degradation to uh, a life beyond anything my mind could conceive. So, Yeah, a little, little before I introduce Chip over here, I want to say something about Frank over here. Frank, uh, Frank and I met, oh gosh, it's been over a year now, um, met a year and a half ago, and immediately were drawn to each other. I'm originally from Jersey, although you may not hear it unless I'm angry. <laughs> um, <laughs> he knows what I'm talking about. Um, but Frank, I was drawn to because we're from, uh, from uh, the same state. And as we were just doing a little bit before, before this uh, podcast, we're talking about uh, places on the Jersey Shore. And it turns out our families are from a few miles apart um, near uh, Atlantic City. So yeah. uh, we're drawn Small together like up. family. Crazy That's for right. both of us. So the next uh, panelist we've got over here is uh, Chip. Um, Chip, let me let you introduce yourself and say a little bit about yourself. Uh, I'm Chip Wigginton. I'm an addict, alcoholic, and person with addictive tendencies in general. Um, I uh, don't have any fancy titles or anything besides uh, person in recovery. <laughs> Jack um, all trades. Husband. Yeah, That's a good yeah but I, um, you know, I've, I've been around the recovery community before. I've been in situations in which I should have engaged in recovery. And, um, you know, this really is the first time I've embraced the whole thing and the, um, the ways in which it has afforded me uh, opportunities to help others and myself is just amazing to me every day. Um, and even with the somewhat short amount of clean time that I've accrued, uh, I find myself being able to help others in the community daily, which is, um, which is just extremely fulfilling in a way I, I couldn't have ever even imagined. With you know, it's even with the couple years I've had of clean time before, the the recovery time is um, really ten times better and ten times more fulfilling. Well, Chip, let me ask you a question. Um, you know, we were talking before we started this about telling stories and how uh, one way I've been learning recently to tell an effective story is to present a challenge, a choice that was made, and the outcome that came out of that. Now, you just mentioned that you've previously had some time. So can you talk about maybe what the difference is between previous and what you're doing now? Um, maybe some yeah. choices you've made? 
Yeah, I mean, um, I've previously had clean time, and it's really, for one reason or another, it's been for the judge, for the, for the court system in general, for my parents, or for my wife. Um, I've been incarcerated, and luckily, I mean, some addicts don't find themselves able to do this, but luckily I've either been able to stay clean, to stay off the judge's radar, or stay um, out of jail, um, or I've been able to beat the system, you know, pass urine screens in ways that, you know, I shouldn't have. Um, Using a fake penis. <laughs> I mean, may, that may or may not have happened. Um, we're not going to get into the methods in which I've used to... Using some chemicals you know, to mask other chemicals? Yeah, yeah, but I mean, honestly, I was on probation for two years, and <laughs> I was using the entire time, and they never caught me. Um, the, the biggest period of clean time I've had, and like I said, I, I really see that much differently than recovery time, um, I was just staying clean for my wife. I was mm. very mm. aware of the fact she was an addict. She knew that I was an addict, even though I was in complete denial. And um, we went through, and I don't even know what the exact time period is, but we went through, um, you know, what I guesstimate as a couple years of staying clean for each other. Because we had heard stories about the other one, may have seen the other one use a little bit. And so we didn't want to see us, you know, see each other fall into those same old patterns. And so we were kind of white knuckling it, as they say, to keep the other one from falling into their old patterns. Um, so you'd say the difference now is that instead of doing it for somebody else, right. you're doing it for yourself. Yeah, really doing it for myself. Yeah. I've, I've finally come to grips with the fact that I actually have a problem. I was always able to identify a thousand and one reasons why I was special, unique, and different, and, <laughs> you know, um, and, you know, even with that, those extended periods of clean time, it doesn't even compare to the recovery time that I have today and the feeling I wake up with every day and the feeling I go to sleep with every day. Absolutely. That's wonderful, yeah. Nice. Well, Frank, that, that leads to something that I do with Chip and I've done with you over the last couple months, you know, sporadically, but every once in a while you get from me and you've been doing this back to me and you've responded to. Uh, I forgot this morning. That's okay. That's why we're here. Um, a little gratitude list. Absolutely. Yeah, and gratitude is an important part of my recovery. Do you to, want to talk to, about your story? Absolutely. I mean, there is a direct correlation uh, with if I'm not practicing gratitude or if I'm not uh, implementing it and, 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 and I have the ability to be grateful for something, it has a direct correlation on my willingness, right? And, and, and so when I'm not practicing gratitude and I'm not grateful for, uh, I feel we're always chasing something, right? Or at least I am. Mm -hmm. Knowing I'll never obtain and get to the place that I actually really want to be, but it's, I st I'm still pressing forward, I'm still chasing it. I still want to be the best father, the best husband. I want to change the world each and every day. And, and so I chase that person that I know I'm never going to catch. And at times, I feel in my mind, because I suffer from an illness, right, that tells me I'm not making enough money, I'm not spending enough time with my family. And then so when I'm not grateful for what I have, it 
my willingness takes a hit as well. I'm not willing to go to the meetings. I'm not willing to, to work a long day and then go home and, and, and kick the ball around with my son. I'm not willing to go above and beyond to help the, the next person out. And so um, I, at those times that you have sent those, those little gratitude hits in the morning, uh, I've never expressed that to you, but you don't know how much that meant to me because in my mind, I'm like, you selfish, self-centered mother, <laughs> you know, like here's Nathan and, and, and if he can do it, I know I can. And so it was an inspiration, right? And it gets me out of my comfort zone. It allows me to, to self-reflect, mm. look at the life I have and be like, you know, my life is really good. We put this pressure, at least I put this pressure on myself right to to achieve things that of course take time dedication discipline and it, and it's a process and we want it today mm -hmm. you know so so yeah gratitude um has a direct correlation on my willingness and when i'm not willing um that that's a dangerous place for me really well if i can tell you a little secret about that oftentimes when i send that that's when I'm at my weakest <laughs> moment, where I'm at That's my awesome. most upset, and I have to take that pause. And then when I get back, because what I do is I send that to maybe 40, 50 people sometimes, and right. I get back, you know, maybe 10 responses, maybe 20, you know, even one, you know, I, I get other people's gratitude and I can feed off of that. Because I wake up like a, we can curse, right? I wake up like a cranky motherfucker. <laughs> I am not a happy camper first thing in the morning. Usually because it's 6 o'clock in the morning, i got to piss, I'm going to stub my toe, blah, 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 blah. I'm living in a house with a bunch of dudes who fart and make, you know. But when it comes down to it, I sit down and I realize, you know, and I live in one of the recovery residences, I should say that, you know, i got a bunch of guys around me who look after me. Right. You know, guys that, that, that you know, on the street I may not have interacted with, you know, it's, which is funny to me. You know, awesome. It's great. You know, you know, in my little bit of time, you know, in recovery, you know, being able to be open-minded and willing to talk to new people and allow other people's experiences to 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 uh, connect with mine, right? You know, has been amazing. So, you know, I, I, you've got an amazing story. For, both of you have amazing stories, and I know Frank. You know, you you talk. You're in the jails every day, and I know that we had talked know. about that as being a kind of theme for this show. And I, I want to go to that because I, I, I know for me when I was in jail, it was gratitude. I had to find uh, gratitude because, you know, I was, again, with a bunch of dudes farting and, you know, whatever on top of each other and eating that stuff. So talk about what you've done, if you, if you would, what you've done in jail as far as the McShin program, but also maybe your experience as a, as a participant it, in the jail. Absolutely. So, um... Uh, Pamunkey Regional Jail has a program called Path Positive Attitudes Towards Healing, and um, we are a, uh, a a part of that with uh, with Armor, and um, they they do like the uh, clinical side, we're the peer support side, and um, man, it, it it has. So, so the program itself is, is phenomenal. We have scholarship from April last year till January first of this year, uh, 13 uh, individuals. Out of that 13, eight of them are currently still in recovery, seeking recovery, rebuilding their lives, you know, being productive members of society, paying their taxes, 
um, and, and being, you know, the husbands, the fathers, the mothers uh, to their children. And so, you know, that in itself speaks volumes, right? Um, it, it, it's higher than national average success, around um, 40%. And so, like, I take pride in that. Um, I, I know it sounds crazy, and a lot of um, people think, you know, it, it, it's like a toxic, like, oh, God, like my neighborhood, when my neighbors find out, like, where I work and stuff, and I'm in a jail, they're like, aren't they the worst people in the world? And it's like, no, honestly, they're some of the smartest people I've ever met, the kindest, they'll go above and beyond. And, and the stigma that comes with uh, incarceration and even ex uh ex-incarcerated individuals is is just so i'll take a group of 10 from from our recovery pod over a group of 10 college graduates any day of the week and i guarantee in three years we'd have a multi-million dollar business i mean that's that's how legit and some of the best people um so personally for me what qualifies me i i feel uh to to be an expert in that realm i i did 22 months of uh of incarceration five months in county jail seven months um 23 and one behind the wall because all new jersey state prisons are are 23 and one i was classified could you explain what 23 and one is to those who might not know (laughs) yeah sure (laughs) 23 and one is uh is is that that you're that you're 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 locked in 23 hours a day and you get your one hour out to 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 uh to to shower to make a phone call to work out uh to 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 exercise um and so behind the wall there um i I was classified under or you know a high classification a high security risk under organized crime and so um i was i I was put (laughs) i was put uh with the aryan brotherhood you know and that that's what i that's i mean i now, mind you, I just had a, a child born that was interracial, right? <laughs> but but that's what that's what I had to do, right? I, and I was scared, Oof. man. I, I, if anyone had ever found yeah. that out, I mean, I would. But but that's you know that's how it was. That's what I had to do. And then once I got declassified, I I had the privilege and honor of of uh, going out on uh, Skillman Farm and and artificially inseminating cows for, for <laughs> ten months. What? And uh, hopefully with but, cows, you know. Yeah, bull. bull. Yeah. Every once in a while, we would get a bull out there, man, and and that was. You weren't actually if doing I ever the could work. Come back and reincarnated. Jeez. I'd come back as a bull, man. Now you put that mug, man. He goes from sun up to sun down. It's, it, it's pretty cool to watch, but uh, but hopefully we're not boring John right now. By the way, <laughs> but 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 the the real magic, man, is like. You know, all the all the drugs came in through through that farm. Mm. You know, and 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 that connection, like that ability, that I was like out there, I was able to be under the sky every day. And I, I knew I had a daughter that was born, and and like I wanted, and, and so like I literally rebuilt, and, and that's how I met my wife. That's how I got a career. I went back to school. All was built on the foundation of going to state prison and and so um you know it it saved my life it 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 always holds a uh a a close it it is who i am it's a a part of the fabric that i am today and so that's where my passion compassion and um 
and really hunger to help the the incarcerated population. Tell us about the the jail program itself. What do you do on a daily basis? So, what, are the, what are the programs daily? Right. And so, how do you get a scholarship? So we have five pods all together. Okay. Uh, two recovery pods, which the males is a the male pod is a is a twenty four. Um, open dorm the f the female is 12 and then we have um four or three in the in the back which is like medium to maximum security um that is a volunteer basis the programs in the back um it's 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 different and unique from the recovery pods like they're mandated to to do it it's they don't have a choice that the pods in the back do that's all volunteer basis so we adapt we i address addiction and recovery um what that looks like we we try to identify uh past traumas and and uses what spurs we, we identify the uh the uh pendulum of 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 addiction and recovery the five stages uh contemplation pre-contemplation um you, you know and and really sometimes we just Really, I'm there just to deliver a message of hope on a daily basis. Um, everyone has, it's really great. We bring, we have a smart recovery in there. We have the faith base. So we have, you know, I'm NA myself. So we have the different pathways um, a lot. You know, when we go back, uh, once once the shutdown um, is lifted, you, you know, I'm, I'm going to go start right into step work. Um, a friend of mine wrote a book. And really breaks down the steps like I've never seen it before like because that's where the magic is but really our biggest our biggest blessing our biggest hit there at the jail is the connection to the outside right so yeah. so I rebuilt my life in New Jersey on a program called ISP after 22 months of incarceration I knew I was going to get hit for parole they were going to give me more time they weren't going to release me on it and so I signed up for this program and I was literally placed in a recovery residence that the state paid for for one month and allowed me to get a job rebuild my life and so that that's you know that's really the biggest thing that I see that the gap from 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 incarceration to reentry to society, and so McShin, um, I'm blessed enough to work with a group of individuals and and a foundation that um, that gives more than than any charity that I, I've ever seen. That scholarships uh, and helps indigents on, on every single level, and um, and so you know they write a 500 word essay on why we should allow them or or give them the scholarship how many uh how many people submit sorry <clears throat> how many people submit an essay versus get accepted what's the percentage there do you, do you know um it, it really is a case by case yeah. basis i would say we there's not too many that w so i'll just be honest since i've taken it over we've not denied one person that's awesome. You know, and when I did want to deny them, um, my my guts told me no, but um, I got the approval from the, from the executive staff, and and um, and really like in my mind, I was like, who am I to deny a person the ability to to change their life? You know, we just need. And, and he little, only he, yeah. he he literally he literally stayed the two weeks and then left. He got a job. He, he he did well. He, he so you know where he is now, what he's doing now. I, I don't know. I'm not responsible for that. Like I tell them right. in there, right? Like I'm responsible for what goes on in here, and, and how these this program runs and and the groups are facilitated.
Right. I'm not responsible when you get out there. That's and that's where McShin, I think, is the distinction between other treatment and drug Absolutely. facilities where we where we just need that little bit of willingness. Right. You know, just that little bit where we can offer that same day access. You call with a little bit of willingness, we can find a way to get you some help. Now, whether or not you take that help, that's up to you. But we're here to provide it. Absolutely. With just, a, the, just the bare minimum of willingness. Your story, Chip, your story. And you've been involved with McShin for a little while now. You know the, you know the, you know the McShins. <laughs> you know uh, Carol and John. Um, and you've known about recovery, and you, you've met your wife in recovery. Um, talk about, if you don't mind, talk about your story, please, and uh, introduce yourself. Um, I'm Chip, like I said, I'm a person in recovery. Um, you know, um, I, uh, I uh, started, um, I guess I start. I came to make Shin the first time, um, like I said uh, before, to try and get out of a legal situation. Um, and I came around here and, you know, in the rooms of AA and NA, you always introduce you, hi, I'm state your name, an addict or alcoholic. And um, I would sit here and sit, sit downstairs in the, in the meeting room or wherever I was at and say, hi, I'm Chip, and then stay dead silent. Everybody kind of look at me, wait to see what I said. <laughs> and I was just yeah. so brutally adamant on the fact that I didn't have a problem. At this point, um, I had just... I had just come from uh, from Henrico County Jail. I uh, was there on a probation violation. Um, but it was kind of iffy on whether or not I actually deserved it. So that was a great reason to say that um, I didn't have a problem. Uh, mm. I, you know, I couldn't identify the fact that I was blackout drunk and had taken a bunch of pills. I could only <laughs> focus on the fact that, uh, you know, really under the legal code, I shouldn't be charged. Mm. And um, but can I? Let me let me let me relate to that a bit. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, when when I was arrested the first time, and I say the first time because of course my legal troubles continued. But I we were pulled over for speeding. I was the guy in the back seat. <laughs> I was the guy arrested. Yeah. <laughs> so I spent a long time, and I can still get into that thinking, I didn't deserve that, I didn't deserve that. But the gratitude for me comes in where I never would have found recovery if that had. Well, I don't know when I would have found recovery. I don't know what would have happened. My life today is so much better because of that. You know so what it, they say, that you, you get... You get locked up for all the things you didn't get called for, not what you got called for. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was well, a felon a long time before. Right. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. So I, I appreciate mean, what you say. I can relate to that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the thing is I actually did get in trouble uh, uh, multiple times um, yeah. for things that I didn't do. Um but like, yeah. I had a long, long. You sure you're not from Jersey? <laughs> oh, no. We got a whole, we got a whole state full of people who didn't do what they said they were doing. I had a long, long list of things that I did do that I still deserve, you know, to be. I probably still deserve to be in prison. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but um, you know, I, I got I got arrested in college. I was attending JMU, James Madison University, um, and I guess it all started. I got arrested four days in a row. 
And I, uh, every single day, I went in there and was able to convince the magistrate. I said, I'm a college student. I'm an engineering student. I got this, this, and this to do. You need to give me bond. And four days in a row, I used my uh, manipulative addict skills to convince that magistrate, let me out. Um, and sure enough, he did. Um, I even went in there one time with a bottle of pills in my pocket mixed together two different types and convinced the cops that I had a prescription for both and said, here's my doctor's card, call it. And they bought it. Well, let, let's not go too no, deep into how we can I, manipulate I, here. I know. But, but <laughs> we got a lot of manipulators watching I, right now. I, um, I sat, in that, sat in that jail and, um, you know, I had all these people telling me, you have so much ahead of you, you haven't screwed everything up yet. Mm. You know, this is what you need to do. Take power pathway of recovery um, and I sat there and identified all the things I had going for me but not the underlying reasons that I was there um, I sat there and said yes I'm, I'm an engineering student with three-quarters of a degree which for the record I don't have any more than that now um, but uh, yes, I'm a college student, and I'm the only one in my jail pod. So instead of identifying that I was a college student that ended up in jail that probably had a problem they needed to look at, I looked at I was the only jailbird who was in college, and saw that <laughs> as a positive thing. And um, and then when I then a few months later, when I got in trouble again, I ended up at McShen. Came around here, I had everybody trying to tell me. Um, you know, you're an addict, you know, you're an alcoholic, you need to look at this, this, and this. But, you know, like they say, you can't take somebody else's inventory. You can't identify that problem for someone else. Um, I spent a long period of time in that denial. Um, I, I went, um, I ended up in Florida in treatment in, uh, in Florida. I stayed in um, some recovery houses down there, and everybody, you know, I, I, I would hear people speak, and um, instead of uh, identifying the similarities, I could only identify the differences. And um, I would hear people say, well, once I start drinking, I can't stop, or once I start doing this, I can't stop. So I found myself going to the casino, ordering two Heinekens and stopping, uh. and saying, uh, and I'd go back to my recovery house, take a breathalyzer and blow zeros. And I said, I don't have a problem, I can stop after two beers. But in all reality, I was in a recovery house with jail time over my head drinking beer. Mm. Um, I mean, what is that? If you can't see the problem with that, I mean, I guess it's just the blindness and the denial. Um, and, um, you know, and so, you know, I pushed through with that denial, so strong-willed and strong-headed, um, and I finally got out of my legal obligations, and, um, you know, next, and, and that's another thing I identified as, you know, being a positive thing for me is, my ability to get out of these charges. Yeah. And yeah. Um, and so I find myself, I'm not on probation, not on anything, and I say, um, 
you know, okay, uh, I self-diagnosed myself with anxiety, <laughs> with an anxiety <laughs> disorder, yeah. and found a doctor who'd prescribe me anything I want, and, you know, I managed pretty well for a while, but, um... Well, let's get to the, what made you decide on recovery now? That's what, yeah, yeah. that's what I'm getting to, um, you know, and so, I, uh... I kept going, you know, and I said, I mean, I'm just taking prescriptions from the doctor. <laughs> and, um, you know, uh, so I guess things just started to fall apart. Um, I began using again. I began drinking um, every day, pretty much. I mean, yeah, every day. And I, I got to the point. You know, I, I one night or a couple of nights in a row, I realized I couldn't get through the night, all asleep without drink, waking up, taking something to make me fall asleep or drinking again. Mm. And so that's the first thing I really noticed. And I knew in the back of my mind, if I stopped drinking or didn't drink during the day, that I, I would have, have seizures or shake or something. But I, I wouldn't admit it to myself. And then I guess. Um, I don't know exactly what did it for me, but I woke up. I woke up one day, and I had what they refer to in the rooms as a moment of clarity. Mm. You know, I, um, I, I just woke up and saw what I was doing, um, what me and my wife were doing, and I, I, I just said, "This, this isn't right." Um, you know, looking back on it, we look terrible. I, I mean, I was looking at pictures of us last night, and we're skin and bones. Um, and luckily, I have my had my parents there for me. I was able to call my parents and say, "Come get my daughter, and pretend you're taking her to church, um, and don't bring her back." Um, and that's one of the hardest decisions I've had to make in my life, but it was one of the best ones. It's afforded both of us the opportunity to seek recovery. Um, for the first time in a real way. Like mm -hmm. I said, we've both been quote unquote in recovery before, but this is the first time we've been able to seek it in a real way. Um, and, you know, that day, um, like the moment of clarity just continued, I guess. I mean, we, we called someone to try and get us into treatment. It, it wasn't, we were dead set on going to treatment together, um, which, you know, most professionals would probably argue is not a good idea, <laughs> um, but we were sitting there saying, we're not going unless we can go together. And we had done that before. Obviously, it didn't work out. Um, and someone, you know, the person we were talking to finally got back to us and said, um, Chip, we can take you today. And, um, you know, they told my wife that they had to figure some more things out for her. And so I was sitting there being all stubborn and I just realized, you know what, I, I got to do this for me. That was the mm. first time I was able to separate myself from the codependency of our relationship and um, go and do something for myself. And I went and got on that plane. Um, and, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think I would be in the place I am today if I hadn't had that 28 days apart to actually look at myself not know what my wife was thinking. Right. I had to accept every possible negative and positive outcome that could be happening. I had to accept the possibility 
that our relationship was destroyed. I had to accept the possibility to be great. I had to, you know, think of through every negative and positive scenario, um, give up my control of that and give worry, it up control. Yeah, yeah, worry about what I could control and that was me and what I could do moving forward. Okay. Luckily we're in a great place today. Um, but without that surrender, so to speak, I don't think mm -hmm. I would be. So I think the value of us <clears throat> doing what we're doing right now, I think the value of that is that right now we're telling our stories, you know? And in the rooms, they call it, you know, uh, what it was like, what happened, and what it's like now. Right. Right? Or, as I like to think of it in terms of, of, of what I mentioned earlier, a challenge we faced, a choice we made, and an outcome that, that, that came from that. Now, the outcome doesn't have to be a positive outcome. It, it's just an <laughs> outcome. We don't have to put a, a value on what outcome right. is. You know, we're telling our recovery stories, so we're looking for hope shots, right? right. I think now as, as an advocacy coordinator here with the McShin Foundation, when I can learn to effectively tell my story and, and, and recognize the audience I'm speaking to, you know, I go to an AA meeting, I say, my name is Nathan, I'm an alcoholic. I go to an NA meeting, I'm Nathan, I'm an addict. I go to a, a, a group of people I've never met who aren't necessarily familiar with recovery, I say I'm a person in recovery or a person in sustained recovery. I, I, don't, I don't take the long-term recovery yet. You know, my, my clean date is uh, okay. 2 18, 18 so let's, I, I need more time before I can take that, 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 uh, that long-term recovery. And I'm looking forward to that, one day at a time. But I think the value in learning how to tell my story effectively and listening to other people tell stories is that I can tell my story more effectively too. I'm going to connect with somebody, you know, some part of my story, not every single part. You're going to connect with somebody you just heard, that just heard you. You're going to connect with somebody who just heard you. I'm connecting too. Right. The therapeutic value of one addict helping another is without parallel. Absolutely. This is how we freaking do this shit. And, and, and it's very, like the thing that I, I push the most in the, in the jail, and, and even it, it rang true this last time, um, my clean dates. February 8th, uh, 2019, um, it, I bought into the disease concept, right? Like my whole life, man, I, I wanted to stop. I never did. I harmed so many people. The majority, my loved ones, my grandparents, my aunts, my uncles, my mom, um, the closest ones to me, and, and I, my wife, um, and I couldn't stop. And so I thought I was a bad person, mm. right? And so it wasn't until those CAT scans of the active and, and non-active addict brain uh, this last time when I went away and, and some evidence-based treatment, um, which, I, which I really try to push in, in, the, uh, in the jail to let these guys know, listen, you're not bad people. Like the person sitting here in front of me right now would never have done what, what you're probably here for. It was because you're on some type of substance under the influence and that person Though you now are, 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 are facing the consequences of your actions, but that person wouldn't have done what they did if they weren't on the drug. And so it, it's very important that these guys and, and women uh, buy into the disease concept to know that they're not bad people. They suffer from a bad illness that, uh, that can be arrested if they seek uh, to recover. And, and, and really, that's why I, I work in this field. I've 
I've been in and out of, of uh, I mean, I lost a full ride to Villanova University <laughs> o- o- over, over my, my, my disease, right? I, I mean, I've, I've suffered, um, but, but I wouldn't have changed anything right. because I wouldn't be who I am, where I am, and have the knowledge and, um, and the self-discovery that I, that I got this last time uh, going away. And, um, and, and that, you know, being a whole person and, and, and trying to, to do the whole person approach uh, of treatment um, is, you know, is, is, is really where it's at. And, and it's, for me, uh, very important to get people to buy into the disease concept. As I, as I move forward in my recovery, I learn to, as I tell my story or as I as I absorb and accept my story, um, I learned to reframe. Mm-hmm. And for me, that, that you mentioned losing a ride, and, and, and that's a word I learned to reframe a long time ago um, because I'm a person who still likes choice. So, <laughs> so, so, so I, and I struggle with that. My sponsor right. and I talk about right. that. Right. Um, but I, I don't think of things as losing them. I think of trading them to trading the disease. Them. Absolutely. And, and, I guess for me that means that I can go back, if possible, to get if I want. You, you know what? You're absolutely right. Yeah. I, I gave that away. I gave it away. Right. And I know where absolutely. exactly where it went. Yeah. You know, I, and and so that I don't know why that comforts me. It's something me personally. But as I reframe parts of my stories, I, I, I get the gratitude out of that. Nice. Yeah. You know, as I you know I I spent a long time. And I'm forty. I'll be forty four in June. And I spent a long time with self-acceptance issues. That's I pretty still good struggle for, with it. Thank you, thank you. And for those of you who can't see me, I do look amazing for 44. Um, <laughs> you look like you're 34, man. I love it. I love you, I love you. Um, flattery gets you everywhere. But what, um, what I learned to do is find that gratitude. You know, the self-acceptance was a long time coming. Yeah. I still struggle with that. It's just why I have to do daily maintenance on Absolutely. my disease. You know, I work a program that teaches me one day at a time. And I work a 12-step fellowship. You know, there are other, and McShane is not a 12-step fellowship. I think, I think that's actually a really important distinction, too. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, and something that I really admire, that we've been embracing other um, pathways of recovery here. Yeah. You know, we, we do support MAR or MAT. It's medically assisted recovery, medic, medic, medicated assisted recovery, medicated assisted treatment. Right. Um, we do support other pathways that aren't 12-step mutual aid fellowships. Um, uh, smart recovery uh, is one. I know celebrate recovery, you know, religious pathways, Dharma, Dharma yeah. recovery. We have a meeting here tonight, actually. So, you know, I, I, this is an introduction to recovery. And then hopefully, you know, as we progress in our recovery, I, I've stayed here. I've been here almost two years in our housing and uh, I, I'm a house leader now. It's, it's probably the most satisfying thing I've ever done in my life. And I never would have thought that five years ago. Three years right. ago, right? Absolutely. You know, and now you know I have the opportunity to get love and 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 hope from the guys I live with, and to give love and hope to Absolutely. guys I live with, yeah. in a in a way that is non-transactional. And and, and that's the greatest for, for yeah. me um, here at the McShin Foundation. You, you know, I was told when when I was young, like, you know, we we all come from backgrounds. We all face trauma, abuse, neglect, right? And and so. Um, you you go where the love is, right? And so for that reason, that that's why I'm here as well. I haven't left that when I've had 
when I had problems when I first came home, I knew that um, that my life had depended on me being focused and and being a part of of what was going on here, and um, and, and you go where the love is, man, and and so the love that you that I feel here that that we have on a daily basis, that's what keeps me coming back. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, that, make, that reminds me of, uh, you know, something I was telling, I went, visited a couple Wyoming prisons recently, both of y'all know, but, yeah. um, you know, that was something I, I was really stressing to the inmates in those uh, pods they were in, those units. Uh, they were in uh, these recovery units and they seemed pretty dedicated. Um, but one thing I was telling them, and Nathan, like you said, we always say um, the value of one addict helping another is unparalleled. Um, you know, that's what I've come to see. I, I've been lucky enough, I guess, uh, to go uh, to some of the nicest uh, treatment centers, detoxes, what have you, in the country. Actually, the, the one I last went to is... Um, rated number one in Florida, and there's all these insane amenities. It's basically a resort. All the money. Yeah. I all mean, the stuff. Just yeah. paid for by health insurance, mind you. Yeah. But still, ah. um, I, I sat there, and uh, I was sitting in a group, and uh, I saw a clip about McShin come on. And I had worked in the treatment field. I had been around recovery, and I said, you know what? I don't care if it's not as nice, I, that's where I need to go. And the reason is, you know, as we say, McShin is a peer-to-peer -peer program. One of the first things we do here is make everybody a quote-unquote recovery coach or a peer recovery specialist, whatever you want to call it. And that's where the value is, and that's what I'm grateful for is we can create that wherever. And that's what I told the inmates. I said, you know, it doesn't matter how many degrees or letters somebody has after their name you can help each other absolutely more than you even know and that's where what is so amazing about McShin and, and just just you know these recovery groups and meetings in general is you know somebody with zero days clean or 12 days clean can help somebody just as much as a doctor and I'm not saying there's not a time and a place for that for those clinical programs um, but you know that's what's been so valuable to me um, is that, is we're not this is not a treatment center or rehab it's a place where everybody supports each other mm. and um, everybody loves each other and everybody's there for each other even even if we don't like each other um, pretty much everybody we're right we, we're on a common goal together. together and common um, goal yeah, yeah absolutely and um, you know that's that's something. You know, I said to those inmates, and it, it what was amazing to me is, I, which I didn't expect, I was kind of forced to speak. Um, <laughs> um, Chip, you've been around long enough. You should have known that was going to happen. I knew bro. in the back of the, I knew in the back of my mind I was going to be put on the spot. Uh -huh. Come on, come on, now. Yeah, but but what? Like, by the way, that cocksucker's watching. So. Yeah, but what? What? <laughs> what really amazed me and Phil filled me with more positive energy it gave me so much fulfillment is that right. multiple you know all these people came up just thank me for that yeah. after I, I said that 
and you know I'm not I'm not a motivational speaker I, I didn't hadn't prepared anything but that's all I could think to say but it's true um, you know that the, they could help each other more than the people leading the program absolutely and um, that you know that seemed to empower them and when, now that I've seemed to I've come to grips with that that you know I can help other guys around and I've had people come up to me telling me things I've said has helped them and it keeps me going I mean and, and that is true I'll, I'll second that like we have like three or four peer leaders that were you know mentors in the recovery pods at PRJ and and they're now here with us in the recovery residence um that's awesome. Zach's well I mean Zach's one of them that and he's just launched I mean so it, it really does the magic happens within the facilities and and in the peer base system if I'm living and breathing my recovery um I, I don't know what I say might affect somebody in a positive or negative way. So I have to be mindful that what I say may affect somebody in a, in a positive or negative way. I also, if I'm living and breathing my, my recovery, I often have to recognize that I'm human and I will make mistakes. That was the, 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 one of the, the greatest discoveries I, I made when I got to recovery was that, you know what, it's okay to make mistakes if I learn and grow from them. I think I put on myself huge expectations for perfection. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, that, that's me, I, I don't know about y'all, but I, I, I drank and used a lot of drugs <laughs> on that failure to meet expectations that I had set a long sure. time ago, you know? Sure. Um, I'm never gonna be six foot two. <laughs> so so, so it was, that, was, that was important to me. And now I have people around me who can help me when I fall. Um, you know, I recently learned, and this was, this was, I've learned a few things recently that have been really um, transformative in my thinking. First, the difference between being grateful and gratitude. I've mm. always heard that gratitude was an action and it never really jived with my thinking. And then somebody right off the street, who moved into our house, said something that made so much sense to me. Being grateful is saying thank you when somebody cooks a meal for you. Having gratitude is doing the dishes afterwards. There you go. I thought that was perfect. Absolutely. Perfect way to just take that concept that was baffling me for two years and made me realize. You know, something else I learned recently. What's a failure? Temporary setback. Just a failure. What's a success? Moment of... of just a success. Right. We attach too much meaning to this or that, we get stuck. I say we, I get stuck. Yeah. And this was from a training that I just recently had with a person in long-term recovery who was talking about making, uh, creating better leaders um, for the recovery movement. And, and make no bones about it, we are in a civil rights movement right now. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and we, we, we talk about you know, the coronavirus and the, you know, now we've got this thing that is actually seeking to talk to our disease. I'm not going to lie here. I woke up this morning and I had some fear reading the news. You know, my, my fear of my job, you know, fear of, of, of using again. Right. You know, fear of losing my mom or my grandmother who, you know, are more susceptible to the, right. you know, there's, these are realistic fears mm -hmm. and some of them are very unrealistic. Reality. But we've got all these new variables just being thrown at us. 
And if I get lost in my recovery, I know where to go, which is amazing because I did not want to do this today, this right here. <laughs> right. I did not. And I feel so much better having gotten a little bit of hope from you guys and, and reading that there are some people out there watching us. You know, it's, it's, it's where I can come back to when I need it. And, you know, for me, it's, it, it, it's cunning, baffling, and powerful. This disease will, will hit me in the face and be like, you're just a freaking loser. Mm. And it talks to me in my own voice. Freaking nuts! And I hate my voice. I kind of like my voice. But the point is, is that, like, I need connections. And when I can't get connected face-to-face, -face, this is an awesome opportunity. Here. Absolutely. I'm so grateful that we've been able to do this right now. Um... Obviously, kicking back in the three of the four of us. Thank you, Todd. Yeah, um, yeah the Todd, three of us thank talking, you. You know, it's, it's been helpful to me in my recovery, and hopefully, we've 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 given somebody some hope. We're here. We're going to keep the lights doing, on. We're doing it right. Staying what do they open. say at Motel Eight or Motel? Is it Motel we Six? We leave the lights on. We leave the lights on. We got the lights on for right. you. We got eleven right. recovery houses, quality recovery houses, all accredited nationally. And credited locally here in the state. Yep. Stocked with Purell. Stocked with Purell. Right. Yeah, you can freaking bathe and, and bleach if you want to. No. <laughs> Spray it down when you come in. Um, we've, right, got, we've implemented policy procedure yeah. here at the foundation, wiping down at, yeah. after every meeting, disinfecting the doorknobs. I, I mean, we're, we, we've implemented some things to, uh, to, yeah. to keep the lights on. So. Yeah, keep the lights on. Yeah, we, we, we have meetings. At our foundation now, we're keeping it to 30 people in a room, and we're practicing our social distancing. Yep. Uh, we may not be doing hugs, we'll be doing air hugs and elbow bumps, but you know, Foot we get tap. to connect. We, we find ways to connect with each other. My disease wants to find a way for me to isolate. Yeah. I don't want to tap into this fear. No. You know? Can't. And the reality is, is we are going to see a spike in overdoses in the next few days and weeks. We are going to see that. Mm -hmm. and, and it's... We're also going to see a spike in babies being born nine months from now. <laughs> you know, we're going to see some fun, some, some, some fun and some sad numbers coming up. I don't want to be a statistic. Not me neither. I ain't going to have a baby, but y'all know why that's the case. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't want to be the other statistic. I got to stay connected. Like I got to make sure that I'm checking in with the people I care about too. I got to find a way to stay safe and happy, you know, for me and my recovery by connecting to my higher power, connecting with my sponsor, connecting with my, my network, Absolutely. you know, all the stuff they teach me in the fellowship that I work. And I work multiple pathways. I work a 12-step fellowship. I also work a, a, a sorry, a, um, a, a Buddhist-inspired recovery pathway, the Dharma recovery. I need to meditate. I'm a guy from New Jersey who has an upper's problem. I need to freaking <laughs> meditate. <laughs> so, so, you know, I get a lot of, I, I got a lot of good people with a lot of recovery around me. And I, I, I need that, especially now. Absolutely. You know, when, when, when then the world is telling us to isolate. So if you, need to, if you need to reach out to somebody, you know, if you, can't, if you can't come to us, you know, connect on Facebook. Somebody's going to be there. You know, find me, find Chip, find uh, 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 Frankie over here, Frankie. Yeah. Um, I was watching uh, Goodfellas the other Goodfellas. night, so I got Frankie on the brain. Um, Frankie well, Fingers. Yeah, yeah, well, poor guy. But anyway, um, connections, the opposite of addiction, connections. connections. You know, stay connected. We help each other. Yeah. We look after each other. You and, know, we and recognize. If, and if anyone needs help or treatment, um, you can call us at 804-249-1845. 
and uh, we're, we're still taking intakes, um, programming, intensive, detox, uh, you know, really just and that's all. anything. We got cable in all the houses. Most of the people have a, a Netflix account somewhere, so we got we can Netflix, but no chill. Um, <laughs> um, you know, we got we got the music room open for 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 business. Right. We got freaking uh, table tennis tournaments happening downstairs. Um, you know, we got art therapy going on. Uh, we got freaking horses at one of the houses. I'm not really sure what that's going on with that, but I, I know if you if you wanted to look at a horse, you can go over there and look at a horse. You might even see a girl. Um, or two. Or two. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, shoot, we got all kinds I of mean, stuff. I mean, yeah. listen, at the end of the day, you know, my wife works in D.C. You guys know she's, and she's, she's been on me about, you know, you don't love me because you're, ah! you're going to work and you're put, I'm high risk. And, and, you know, I, I, I said, you know, that's just, that's just not who I am. Yeah. Right? Like you have people who. Who are going to go inside, close the door, lock themselves up, and, and not come out? And, and for me, like I have that like fight or flight mentality, and and I don't, I fight, you know. And yeah. and so like in these times of 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 uncertainty, you're going to have people that you know go hide, and the enemy comes and and gets them, and then you have people who charge, right? And and I said you just didn't. That's not who you married. You know, and, and, and like whether I stay at home or I go here, I have no control whether I get it or not. But if I do, I'm going to get it on my terms, doing yeah. what I love to do, helping somebody. And if I die, I know I did everything I could before I died to help the next we, person. We've got to. I mean, I, I work for a couple, um, you know, treatment centers, recovery community organizations or in conjunction with them before. And I've gotten emails in the last few days that they're they're closing down yeah, and they're stopping intakes. I mean, and to me, that I see that as possibly more of a danger than the virus. You know, the danger of overdose deaths or you know any sort of substance abuse related death is very real as they close their doors, and um, that's why I'm really encouraged to see us fighting on right. and pushing and, forward and, and, and you hit the nail on the head like i have a disease that wants me to yeah. to isolate and and you know i love my wife i love my kids but i i can't i, I just can't be there all day it's just not it's not healthy for me you know i'm I have to be out open and 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 living life you know you can't you can't let the fear uh take hold of you so that this is, uh, I think, a good natural way to close this out. Um, I do want to leave with one thought, one, one, one story, one quick story. Um, Thursday, we got a new participant, and this participant came from uh, um, a hospital. He came to us, you know, pretty beat up. Um, Friday, Saturday comes, and and. We, we, we participate with a couple food banks. You know, we help, we go, and we volunteer, we do work and whatnot. And two people, this, this participant went to another house, not the house I'm a house leader in, but he went to another house. Two of the people in that house reached out to me independently and said, hey, I know you're going to go volunteer at that food bank. Can you help this participant out? Mm. And what's beautiful like that, these are stories I, I every week, mm -hmm. sometimes every you know, other day, you know, whether it's, hey, can you, can, can, you know, you have a connection to this. And I don't mean me, but I mean, like, you know, you have a connection to this. Can you help this guy out? And then they do it. 
Right. You know, that's what we do here. For Absolutely. 16 years, as a, commu- as a leader of the authentic peer recovery movement, you know, McShin has been doing community outreach in ways that, that other organizations have no way to do. It's just because they haven't been around as long as we have. We've got people coming in, uh, um, um, alumni coming back, you know, giving people jobs, getting right. people back to work, giving them a life worth living, and then talking recovery all day, shooting the shit, you know, eating Wawa, and talking recovery. You know, Sergeant get, Pepper. Yeah, Sergeant Pepper. Oh, my God, that pizza. That's why I'm this way. Um, <laughs> but this is what it is. This is what recovery is today. You know, it's, it's, it's people coming in from the streets, from jails, from hospitals, you know, saying, I need help. Other people saying, yeah, you do need some help. Let me help you. And accepting that help. And it's beautiful. It is. It is so beautiful. And it's, it's perfect in its imperfection. Um, my name is Nathan. I'm a person in recovery. And thank you for letting us be here thank today. You. Um, thank we've you. got my, my, our guests, Frankie and Chip, over here. Thank you for sharing your stories today. Absolutely. And, yeah, uh, yeah. we'll leave the lights on. <laughs> <laughs>